I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello, 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 and welcome to Easy Being Green, the show where we talk about how to make steps to change your carbon footprint on this earth and and help out the environment a little bit. I'm Taylor Powers. Over there is Deanne Tetzel. Hello. Um, Today's topic is food. Food, one of our favorite topics. But there are lots (laughs) of ways we can do food in a more environmentally friendly way. Yes, definitely. Um, so food, I mean, everyone participates in this one. It's You're not exempt, so everyone <laughs> is adding a little bit. But yeah, there's different ways where we can make conscious decisions about what we're eating, how much we're eating, um, and how much how much we're wasting uh, that will that will help reduce your own footprint. Um, I would say that I mean the the biggest one is is uh, is red meat. Yeah. I mean, that's all meat. I think, you know, it's meat that's been farmed kind of industrially is just not, it has a greater impact out there all the way along. So, you know, if you are eating meat, cutting it out is the very best. Um, or even, you but, know, if you're not going to cut it out, at least just decreasing the amount that you eat. Yeah. But if you can't, or don't want to cut it out, or it doesn't make sense for your you physically or whatever, for, for whatever reason, um, try to eat local meats. We've been yeah. talking about that. You know, source from local places. Um, make sure that they don't contain antibiotics, um, things that make the meat less healthy and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Cause, and keeping chemicals out of our environment all the way along the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much I don't I don't like to title myself as vegetarian because I'm not. Um I don't know what it's called that I am, but I I just don't buy meat. Mm. So, you know, That's if there's a good way to do it. Like if our work caters a lunch and it's already it's already paid for and there's all this food there and I, you know, it looks good to me, then I'll then I'll eat it. Or, you know, if if I go home to my mom and and she makes a big meatloaf or something. I'll eat it. But when I'm doing my own personal shopping, I don't incorporate it into my regular diet that I prepare for myself. Yeah. And I've actually been not a full vegetarian, but I a pescatarian. I do eat fish um, for probably 11 years now. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat meat except for fish. Um and again, it's, you know, my family, some people, members of my family still do, but we try to be thoughtful about the meat we are consuming when we do. Yeah. And doing the local meats or buying in bulk again is another mm-hmm. way that you can. And the more healthy meats, you'll find that way. Um, the, and then again, staying away from the antibiotic um, food that was raised yeah. with hormones and antibiotics and things like that. Yeah. I do also eat meat that has been hunted. Like I know the person that killed the animal. 
Yeah, <laughs> that can also make so, a big difference. A lot of venison and moose and that kind of thing. Right, because that can actually help things out mm-hmm. when there's overcrowding yeah. and things like that. Um, so so yeah. one thing I wanted to mention, because I feel like a lot of people know this, but not everyone does. But the methane that cows release is astonishing. It's, it is terrible. It's when you really look at the facts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so someone could argue that we should eat all of the cows so that there's less of them. But, <laughs> but that's just going to make them breed more because it's always about supply and demand. But yeah, cows release so much methane per year. I think it's, hold on, I have it in front of me, 70 to 120 kilograms of methane per year. Wow. Which, and and the difference between methane and, and carbon dioxide um, I mean, they're both really bad greenhouse gases, but methane, even though it, it it's there's a lot less of it that contribute to uh, to the greenhouse effect, it's much more powerful because it absorbs mm-hmm. heat at a much higher rate than carbon dioxide does. So, so even though you know methane, I think only takes up about ten percent of the greenhouse gases in our atmosphere, it's it's more impactful. Right. So a lot of people that whole that whole issue is really controversial about about cows and or livestock and agriculture and how much it actually takes up in this space. But it's also a really ambiguous topic because the studies that they've done are all they're all evaluated on different themes. So like mm-hmm. if someone is comparing the uh, you know how much is released from a cow compared to transportation they may not be considering all of the other things that it takes to raise that cow, to mm-hmm. to manufacture that cow and to transport it and get it shipped, the packaging, all that kind of stuff, and to be eaten and then either wasted or anything else that goes along with it. So there's so many different factors. So we can't really say that, oh, cows make up 17% of the greenhouse. Like it's, right. it's You can't say that. But it's... And I don't think really that's our purpose either. Like we've been along the way here trying to give you tips and we realize everybody out there (laughs) right now today isn't going to stop eating beef or whatever. So um, nor is that what we're saying. But maybe you can make some choices Mm -hmm. around that and, and eat a little bit less. Eat like we've been talking about different types of beef, healthier meats, local meats, um, Make your food at home. Lots of different things can make a difference if that's something that doesn't make sense for you to change in your lifestyle right now. But there are yeah. little steps you can take yeah. that will make a big difference. I've been doing a lot of meal prepping lately. So with with all of my bulk food that I buy in my little cotton bags, I go home and mm-hmm. I disperse them into mason jars that I keep. So I've got like a whole shelf just stocked with snack mason jars of like mixed nuts or plantain chips or like other sorts of dried fruit and all this other stuff. And then I just make a big, a big dish at the beginning of the week. This week I made like a massive salad with all this delicious stuff in it. And then I put those in the Tupperwares. And so every morning I just, I already have all my stuff ready to go. And the packaging that it took for me to buy all that was so minimal Um, Absolutely. I've been doing some of that, too. And it's so fun. And it's fun, like the storing your products in the mason jars. It just is more appetizing. You can see it. Yeah. And you can see how much you have left. I like to cut out the little 
if I buy it in a bag, in a big bulk bag, I'll cut out the little thing that has the expiration date and stick that on the bottom, or I'll Mm -hmm. just write it on a little piece of tape in the bottom. But you can see the food. It makes it easier to kind of look in your pantry and see, well, what do I have here, and what do I want to make with this? Also, aesthetically, I really like the way it looks in my cabinet. I know. (laughs) It's so much fun. I have really enjoyed that. And think of all the takeout yeah. containers that we're, oh my gosh, we're saving and the gas to go get whatever. And yeah. not to mention for me, it's a stress reducer. Yeah, it's a little more work at the beginning of the week, but it's a stress reducer to go, oh my gosh, yeah, it's, it's 1130. Already- I'm hungry. What am I going to eat? Yeah. And yeah, and I love that. Yeah. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and it also saves a lot of money. Like I would, you know, wake up and get ready for work and be like, oh, I don't have time to make a lunch. And then I would just go and buy something. And then I'm spending money. I'm getting uh, packaging and the place closest to our work, they serve everything in styrofoam. That I can't do it. <laughs> so like, like, put it in a napkin for me. <laughs> Save that styrofoam. I know that's the one product that I really have a hard time. I know. I don't want to use any of it. I know. I was reading this thing the other day, and it was talking about recycle your food. So in other ways, in what ways can you, and that, and I think this is a good example of it, but also eat leftovers, mm-hmm. um, make a bigger dish, kind of what we're talking about, yeah. use the food again. And I just started doing a new thing, too, with my vegetable-based broths that I do a lot of my cooking with. I've started saving all my food scraps and then I my vegetable scraps and I put them in the freezer and then I make broth out of oh those. Oh my gosh, when I you have are enough. so good. <laughs> <laughs> this was something I just learned. And you just, the ends of the onions, yeah. the pota- everything is really good. The potato peelings, the carrots, wash wow. it really, really good. And then put it in a stock pot and you'll make a vegetable stock out of your... A stock pot. So is that like essentially you're making tea, but with all this vegetable mm-hmm. stuff in a big yeah, pot? Yeah, it's, it's, it's soup tea. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's exactly what it is. You're and I thought that was so many things. Brilliant. I've never even heard of doing that. That's great. <laughs> I just great. thought that was such yeah. a good idea and it's fun. So, yeah. Or if you can compost, if you have uh, the space in your yard to compost, then you can save all your scraps and that can go straight to compost. Yeah. And I've been doing that too. So um, the stuff that I'm, when I've got enough saved up in the bags for the vegetable broth, then I can compost the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And that's been fun. And, and we just barely built our compost bin this year. I've I've had a pile before, but I have a bin now and I'm really excited oh, nice. to see how that um, will transform into something good for my garden. Yeah. So. Living yeah. in an apartment, I don't have those those luxuries, but I did start my first garden. I mean, I've had a, tons of indoor plants, but I have my first official garden on my balcony. It's hanging over the railing. Don't tell my apartment building. It's technically in my <laughs> lease that I can't do that, but... <laughs> oh, oopsie. <laughs> I'm hidden by a tree. They can't see. Um, yeah. And I've got green peppers, tomatoes romaine and then green leaf and my first tomato sprouted last weekend that is so cool it's growing every day it's so cute i can't wait to eat it (laughs) and the garden is a natural for this topic because um and again everybody it's not their thing and some people need to make do with a smaller space but there Mm -hmm. are ways to do it i have a pretty good sized backyard so i have a big garden that i keep every year making a little bit bigger because i want to do different kinds of foods that I haven't tried before. Mm-hmm. So I just got mine in over the weekend as well. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. There's nothing like getting home, walking out, picking your food and eating it fresh off the vine. Yeah. 
Um, when I lived in Colorado, I remember I found this this app that would tell you where there were public um, like fruit trees and different plants that were that were public space that you could just go and eat fresh off the the tree or the plant or whatever it is. I don't remember what the app was called, but hmm. and it's probably based on city to city. I don't think it was. It was a really small kind of like poorly designed, but that was a long time ago. And I'm sure there's something out there that is better. And you can look at kind of open gardening spaces where all the plant trees are in your neighborhood that you can that you can source from. That is a great idea. Mm-hmm. I want to look into that. See, you're yeah. teaching me things, too. Yeah. That and the bulk thing. I didn't know that we had the bulk store here. And oh, then yeah. my husband just told me that yesterday. Hey, did you know we have a bulk food store here? And yeah. I said, yes, I actually do. Yeah. And most so. most cities and towns are starting to get them. So you should look into your own. Um, you could just like Google Maps bulk bulk food store and it should pop up. You can find the one closest to you. But it's it's just such an easier and more fun way to shop. Yeah. There's and your other grocery stores, well, most of them have a bulk food yeah, thing, yeah, too, so you can do it there. But I love the idea of going to a store specifically for that. Yeah, have because all they have more the, than just the, you know, the nuts and seeds and, and flowers and trail mix. Like, that's the traditional stuff that you find in bulk. But those stores have shampoo and lotion and home, uh, like, house house products, house cleaning products that you can all just restock if you just save the bottle or get your own bottles and save money i'm sure yeah that's the other thing is how much you can save money if you just change your eating habits you can make your food last a lot longer and um yeah save money and and there's a lot of health benefits too if you if you alter it and and make a plan Mm -hmm. um i recently cut out sugar Mm -hmm. which has done wonders for me (laughs) Yeah. You know, one thing to think about, too, with the bulk food, think of your pets, your animals, too, buy their food in bulk. Because, again, they're going through all of these bags of stuff or cans of stuff or whatever, and that's another place that you can start making a difference. Yeah, that's interesting, thinking about different sources for for that. Because, yeah, especially, like, the canned cat food, Mm -hmm. those tiny little ones that you give your cat twice a day. Well, I don't know. I don't have a cat. Do they eat that much? (laughs) My cat eats all the time, but oh. <laughs> she doesn't get the canned stuff. <laughs> That's good. She gets a little kibbles. Yeah, so maybe kibbles are a better option, and then you can buy them in bulk. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, what else do you have? Um, one other thing, you can also, when you're looking to eat out, so if you're not doing your own food and you're doing your own yeah, you know, prep, menu, meal prep like and all that. eat out sometimes. Look for the restaurants. And I also think we touched on this in another episode, but look for the restaurants oh, yeah. that are environment. Maybe that was hotels. Look for oh, eco-friendly yeah. restaurants or, or restaurants that are purchasing their products from locally, yeah. you know, sourced, sourced markets. And yeah. we've got a lot of those here in yeah, Salt Lake City. Definitely. We're lucky. So um, they're reducing their carbon footprint and you're supporting that. Yes. So I, uh, I grew up in a town in Northern California called Cataluma, and they call it the original chicken town because we invented the incubator. Oh, that's um, awesome. But they have become so famous for their like farm fresh chicken that I see it on menus across across the world, actually. I saw it on a menu when I was in Europe, Petaluma fresh chicken. That's like, cool. I mean, it obviously traveled a long time, a long way to get there, so it's not mm-hmm. the most eco-friendly, but it's, it, it's a ethically and... Um, 
eco-friendly, you know, the farms that are there. And it's a local little farm. It's not anything mm-hmm. massive like fosters foster and how, how many communities one? will have those oh, things yeah. if you just look into it you know mm-hmm. so i think that's a, a really good tip as well and then also if you're not if you don't have access to a garden or you don't aren't able to garden look at joining a csa because then you can get your produce you know again from local sources or we've talked about farmers markets mm-hmm. but there are other ways to get the food yeah so that those... it's not having to be trucked across the yeah. country well, wait, what does csa stand for it is stands for community supported agriculture okay so okay yeah that's similar because i i used to live well, again when i was in colorado there was like a, like a community garden right down the street and i've seen those everywhere popping up yeah so we have a you, lot of you those. can just join them a lot of them have facebook groups so if you want to find one you could just do you like your town and community gardens and find one to join yep so that's a good way great to go. idea yeah yeah, something for everybody. So you can do it yourself, or if you if you can't or don't want to, or for whatever reason, um, look at joining one of these local programs. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's it for food. We'll probably have more yeah, later. we'll probably have more. It's a big topic. Yeah. I want to <laughs> get a it, fun one. I want to get into <laughs> the difference between methane and CO2 at some point for like yeah. a science episode. Yeah, we'll do science experiments. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Easy Being Green, and be conscious about what you eat. All right, thanks. Thanks.